0: Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast.
1: Normal people keep the world going, but those who dare to be different lead us into tomorrow. I have made my decision to skip the gym today, Chris Canty. CC out.
0: What up? Yeah, I don't know if that's a good decision for you. I mean, maybe Kyrie can skip open gym, but you can't, <laughs> big fella. You ain't got it like <laughs> It that. is
1: Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. Also, on your smart speaker, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. Later in the show, why Chris Canty believes that the New York Mets have a much, much easier road down the line than the Yankees do to a world championship. That is all on the way, but as you would imagine, we are rolling in one place.
2: Here we go! Go, go.
0: Only one place to start.
2: Kyrie Irving. Sources confirming to ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski that the Brooklyn Nets material point guard is going to
1: opt in. This is probably a pretty good case scenario for the Nets. I'm not surprised because it didn't appear that he had a lot of suitors. The problem with him has nothing to do with what happens when the ball is tipped. The problems with him are all off the court. What makes me think this isn't over just because Kyrie Irving opted in, Chris? I... Not for a minute do I believe that this is over with the Brooklyn Nets when we hear Kyrie Irving's statement yesterday of normal people keeping the world going, but those who dare to be different lead us into tomorrow. He is opting in, see you in the fall. You know, first of all, let's be clear. Normal people would have opted in and would have taken the $30 million. So he's he's being very normal in that way. Yeah, he's not going off the board there. Let's be clear about that. But secondly, Chris... Trying to figure out Kyrie Irving is like trying to figure out the clues of a Batman villain. This is, he he really has become the Kanye of the NBA. So I I honestly don't look at this and think, well, all the problems are solved now. The Nets won this. They're in great shape. And uh, we'll see you trying to win a championship next year. Why do I believe that this is not over?
0: Well, I'll give you a reason why to believe it is over. It's the $200 million that would be at stake for Kyrie's summer of 2023 on a max contract. I mean, it was obvious that that's what he wanted from the Brooklyn Nets. He wanted that four- or five-year deal on top of what he already had with his player option of $37 million this season. And the Nets gave him the opportunity to shop himself around and see if there was a sign-and-trade that would offer him that kind of money elsewhere or one of his preferred destinations. And the reality is that nobody is going to give Kyrie that after the three years that we saw in Brooklyn and him missing significant time in all three of those seasons for different reasons. And so for Kyrie to get max money, he's going to have to prove that he's a committed basketball player and that he's going to be reliable for whatever team is willing to give him that kind of contract. Now, here's the thing if you're the Brooklyn Nets. This is the best case scenario because you're going to have a motivated Kyrie Irving. He's got to change the perception of who he is as a person and a player in NBA circles, and the only way to do that is to go scorched earth in a good way. Like, he's going to go out there and have to be dominant this upcoming season and prove that he can be a good teammate, prove that he can be an all-NBA caliber player, and I think that along with team success, is going to net him what he's looking for, pun intended. Look, I get this because normally in a contract year, you would look at a player
1: and expect them to do everything they could to be at their very best, especially when they have something to prove off of a couple of years where they did some questionable things and made really silly decisions that did not help out his organization in any way when they're paying him an absolute fortune. But Chris... This is not a normal dude, and we could talk about him opting into the money and that was the right thing to do. That's fine. This is somebody that does not prioritize winning or honestly caring about his teammates all that much, because if he did, it would have been much different over the last couple of years. Honestly, I don't know how to look at the last year and a half and not think this was, I'm just going to take time off Whenever I feel like it, I, I, the money may be on the line, but what's make, to make me think if things don't go right in the midterm
0: elections that Kyrie's going to shut it down for a month? Well, well Colin, I just gave you the answer. It's $200 million. And I don't care that Kyrie said it's not about the money. It's clearly about the money because he decided, you know what? I'm going to take the player option for $37 million as opposed to going with the Lakers, which was the only other team that expressed significant interest in taking the $6 million mid-level exception that they had to offer. He decided he was going to turn that down. He wanted yeah. to come back to the Nets. Now, you can say that's because of the Kevin Durant factor. Well, and I can say also, because nobody else wanted him. Well, well, that's, that's what I'm saying. There's also that. So, yeah, I, I think it's ultimately about the money for Kyrie Irving, not just the money that he's going to make from Brooklyn this year, but the money that he could potentially make in the summer of 2023. So, that's why I think he's going to be on his best behavior. And I, I, I'm not simply saying that this is all going to go away, in a sense, in terms of what Kyrie's long-term future is going to look like because there's going to continue to be speculation until he does sign a long-term contract. But I I do think that Brooklyn having that built-in protection, knowing that this is, in in effect, a one-year trial for Kyrie to prove that he's going to buy into the team-first agenda that Sean Marks and Josiah are trying to set, I think it lends itself to Brooklyn getting the very best out of Kyrie. And if you have a motivated Kyrie Irving to go along with the healthy Kevin Durant and Ben Simmons coming back and contributing in some form or fashion, this team is capable of being able to make a run to it, to the conference finals or the NBA finals. That, that's how talented the Brooklyn Nets can be in 2022.
1: Well, let's listen to Brian Windhorse, who's on the Hoop Collective podcast this morning. He was on with Nick Friedell and with uh, Mark J. Spears. And here was his take and what he's hearing around
3: the league about Kyrie at this point. In the wake of the agreement, I kind of thought it might have been a, I don't want to call it a win for the Nets because I don't think there's any winners here, but I think it turned down the heat and at least kept the Nets with two star players with all of their options for next year alive. And boy, was that not what some people agents and executives that I talked to thought they don't think this is over. I was told that the, that the option pickup came as a total surprise to the Nets that they found out when everybody else did the concept of getting Kyrie to, to a new contract was that they would, have some protections in terms of games played and maybe an understanding of how things might be different. Nick, I don't know if anything's changed and the people that I talked to in the league are skeptical that Kyrie is going to be all for one and one for all on this. See in the fall, like uh, you thought last year was bad, just you wait. So again, I don't know. I, w- I would have thought that this was a, you know, a depressurizing element for the nets, but I'm telling you, not everybody in the league thinks so. Because I can't predict what this guy is going to
1: do, I I can't just make an assumption that he's going to walk in the door and play 70 games and score 30 a game and do everything possible to help the Nets win because the money is on the line. I, I get it. It's $200 million. And in theory, it should make everybody do all the right things. But – is, there, is it not possible that somewhere in Kyrie's head when you just hear, hey, see in the fall as opposed to can't wait to get back on the court with my teammates and try to go win a championship and try to right the wrongs that happened uh, this past year? Is there any reason for me to think that Kyrie isn't sitting there saying, all right. You know what? I'll take the 30 million, but I'm going to screw you over even more this year. No, like, I, don't, I
0: don't think it's that, man. I, I mean, not, you're going to tell the
1: 2022 Kyrie couldn't say, oh, yeah, hold my vegan ginger beer while well, I try to make this year worse
0: than last year? Well, who's he hurting if he does that, Carly? He hurts himself and he, he hurts his, the but, Nets. But, but No, but not just that. He hurts Kevin Durant, too who has backed him at every turn since the two came to Brooklyn. Except he doesn't step in when it actually counts the most, like But but that's my point, though. I mean, if you're going to undermine yet another season in Kevin Durant's prime, then uh, what kind of friend are you? It it certainly feels (laughs) like a one-sided relationship. That's all it ever has been. So there's also a part of that that you have to factor into the math when assessing what kind of Kyrie we're going to get. And so, uh, again, it comes down to Kyrie making the decision to be a team-first guy or to be – a disruptive force. And to me, the latter doesn't get Kyrie ultimately to where he wants to be. And it does nothing to enhance Kevin Durant's legacy. So which is the whole reason why Kevin Durant and Kyrie came to Brooklyn in the first place. So I just, to me, it doesn't make sense for Kyrie to essentially try to burn down the organization in spite and ultimately destroy any type of value that he would have in the NBA free agency in 2023. So I hear what Brian Windhorst is saying. I hear what you're saying. But I just so happen to disagree on this point just because Kyrie Irving is showing you that he he does care about money. And and, and what he's angling for is a max contract that can pay him $200 million. Do you believe that this is over? Do you believe that the Nets now –
1: are situated well to try to go win a championship next year, or do you think Kyrie is going to be more of a problem? 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Canty and Carlin in for Greeny today, presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive is proud to team up with Hello Alice to support small businesses. Get access to small business resources. Learn about small business grants at helloalice.com. So... What's next for the Nets on the court? One of our NBA insiders will join us in moments to give us his perspective. You're going to want to hear it. It's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio.
2: Greeny, the podcast
1: ESPN NBA reporter Tim Bontemps joins us in studio right now. Tim, Chris Carlin, Chris Canty. What's up, man? You get a little breather after the end of the season, but you really don't.
5: No, no breather till August. (laughs) Uh, That's when the NBA offseason for those those of us who cover the league starts. Starts (laughs) August 1st. Up until then, it's a circus. Uh, Well, speaking of which, it's fully in town in Brooklyn. I picked that word for a reason, Carlin. (laughs) Exactly.
1: (laughs) So just give us your reaction when you saw the news yesterday that Kyrie
5: was opting in well Kenny and I were just talking about this during the break before we came on I mean this was clearly a high stakes game of poker between these two guys right between the Nets and Kyrie Irving and Kyrie wanted the long-term contract extension that he didn't get and ultimately looked at his options said I could take six million dollars from the Lakers or 36 from the Nets and so I took 36 from the Nets right that that's really what this comes down to at the end of the day this was him trying to get the Nets to pay him long term and when they didn't He looked around and said, I got to stay in Brooklyn.
0: Yeah, but Tim, it seems like we got this cryptic message in Kyrie announcing that he was coming back to Brooklyn and that he was going to opt in. What does that mean for the long-term future of Kyrie in Brooklyn?
5: I mean, all there is with Kyrie are cryptic messages and different things, right? I mean, this is sort of just what happens. I mean, look, who knows where this will go from here because, as I've said a bunch of times, any question that involves Kyrie Irving, the only true answer is maybe in any direction, right? You just don't know where it's going to go. But this is what the Nets wanted. Kyrie Irving on a short-term commitment to be on the team next year. That means Kevin Durant's on the team next year. That means this team has a championship roster, right? This is not – I'm not saying they're going to win the championship, but they've got a team that's capable of contending for a title with Kevin Durant, with Kyrie Irving, with Ben Simmons, with the pieces they have around them, and frankly, with some options to go get some more help around them this offseason. So, to me, this is really the best-case scenario for the Nets. Kyrie Irving on a short-term deal, Kevin Durant on the team, the Nets having a shot.
1: I am going to make this as impossible for you as I can. Tim Bontemps, <laughs> ESPN NBA
5: reporter. All right, try me. Yeah,
1: predict how Kyrie will handle himself in the final year of his contract, knowing that there is two hundred million potentially on the table beyond
5: next season. Well, there's no way to know how that's going to go, right, Carlin? Just for the simple fact that this is why you, I asked. Well, question. I know, but that's and that that's the thing, right? We don't know how things can ever go with Kyrie. But I will say the fact he did opt into this deal to me is a sign that he looked around and saw there wasn't a lot of options on the table for him. And Mm -hmm. so to me, as I go forward and look at this, this is really a pretty good situation for the Nets in the sense that after looking around and seeing there weren't any max offers on the table, there weren't teams lined up to trade for him, Kyrie's best opportunity to have success and to get paid next summer is to have a great season with the Nets, for the Nets to make it deep into the playoffs, for the Nets to either win a championship or you know, get – two three rounds into the playoffs for him to actually be on the court for 65 games if, if Kyrie plays 65 games and the Nets make a run in the playoffs he's going to get paid by somebody I think it's just a matter of who if he has another season where he is in and out of the lineup and doesn't play a lot and there's all kinds of drama maybe it won't be the case right so to me that's why this is a great situation for the Nets by him opting in in the way he in the manner he did it sort of sets it up as it's time for Kyrie to prove it and if he does the Nets are going to be, I think, very happy with the results.
0: It's Chris Canney and Chris Carlin talking to ESPN NBA writer Tim Bonteps on Greeny. And Tim, staying with free agency, because Kyrie is a major chip that's taken off of the free agency board, we have to look around the landscape. I think one of the other big names is Bradley Beal, yep. shooting guard down there with the Washington Wizards. What's the expectation in terms of what he's going to do with his player option and how that organization is going to try to move I, forward in, in, in re-signing him? My
5: expectation is he's going to be with the, with the Wizards going forward, Caney. And I would guess it's probably going to be on a long-term deal. Maybe he opts out and signs a five-year extension or you know, they do an opt-in and extend. I would guess he'd opt out and mm-hmm. sign a new five-year deal. Um, you know, Bradley Beal's been there his whole career. He's obviously worked well with the Wizards in the past, and that's another situation where maybe down the road there's some kind of talk about moving on at some point in the future, but my expectation is he's going to be in, in Washington next season.
1: Do you think there are any real surprises coming here in the next few days as NBA free agency ramps up with It's not a loaded free agent class, but is there anything that's really going to jump off the board like, wow, I did not expect that guy to, you know, end up going there?
5: You're really trying to ruin my next week, right? Pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, I I would say that things, you know, this was obviously the big domino, right? Could potentially Kevin Durant be available in a trade? That would have obviously set off all kinds of crazy things, right? With that presumably being off the board, with the Nets presumably having their situation fairly set as of now with their top players, I think this is probably going to go pretty true to form. I think James Harden will be back in Philly on some kind of you know, medium-term deal. Zach Levine should stay in Chicago. Those who just talked about Bradley Beal should go back to Washington. You know Maybe Jalen Brunson ends up with the Knicks. We'll see if that works out. I mean, you know there's a lot of variables at play there. But I think generally, as you said, Carlin, this was not a free agency class that had a ton of talent at the top of it to begin with. And with this Kyrie and Durant piece kind of taken off the board, as you said, I just don't really see there being a ton of drama.
0: Well, Tim, I'm the resident Lakers fan, and so (laughs) even though hoping and wishing for Kyrie seems like an awkward position to be in, now that that's not a possibility, how do the Lakers get markedly better this offseason? And how do they convince LeBron James that it makes the most sense to sign a long-term deal later on this fall?
5: So those, I think, are very, two very different questions, right? Let's start with getting markedly better. I don't really think they can, and th- that's the problem. This is this is the problem that was originated with the Russell Westbrook trade last summer, oh. right? They by turning Russell West, by turning the several pieces they had into Russell Westbrook, they really removed themselves from championship conversation. Not just last year, but I think this year too, because as you look at their team, they have to go get six, seven, eight, nine, ten minimum salary players just to fill out the roster around those guys right I just don't know how they're going to really be able to do that like yes could they turn Russell Westbrook and those two very future firsts in 2027 and 29 into some role players like the ones they traded away for Russ in the first place maybe but I still don't know if that's getting them there and then you're completely sacrificing those assets down the road that you barely have any of left right now as for LeBron staying in LA I think that's a very different conversation because when LeBron went to the Lakers in the first place it was the first time He didn't look at a situation and say, I'm guaranteed to win here. Mm -hmm. Or I shouldn't say guaranteed to win a title. But, like, it was a team that's ready to contend, right? Miami was obviously ready to contend. When he went back to Cleveland with Kyrie and Kevin Love, it was ready to contend. This Laker team, when he got there, was all the young guys, right? They were not ready to contend. Now, they got Anthony Davis. They ended up winning the championship. But he went to L.A. for a lot of reasons. And so I think in terms of him deciding to sign an extension, I think that's going to come down to, does LeBron want to be in L.A. for all the reasons? Or does he want to try to have a best chance at a championship again? And he could still have the best championship chance at a championship in L.A. I mean, remember, Russ's deal comes off in a year. Mm-hmm. They could have a lot of flexibility. If LeBron doesn't extend, he could maybe change his salary a little bit, give him room to go sign somebody. There's a bunch of guys available next summer. So there are options on the board for the Lakers down the road. But I think in the immediate, to me, they're a team that's going to be hovering with trying to get out of the playing tournament.
1: Tim Bontemps, ESPN NBA reporter. Last one from me, Tim. That's about Utah. We haven't really talked about this very much. Is What's your read on whether or not the, the Jazz are actually going to end up getting broken up a bit this summer with the situation around Donovan Mitchell and speculation about Rudy Gobert eventually getting moved?
5: Well, I, I think there's a couple factors at play here too, Carlin. So let's start with the fact that the All-Star game is in Salt Lake City next year, right? And mm-hmm. I think there's going to be some consideration on Utah's part to have one or both of those guys on the team so that they have one or two All-Stars on the team when the team is in Salt Lake City. Do, we think, do I think that's necessarily the right way to go? No, but we saw a few years ago, the Hornets essentially did that with Kemba Walker and then he left in free agency, right? So I could see that playing out that way. However, you know, if you talk about things that could shake things up a little bit, certainly if Rudy Gobert is traded somewhere, that could shake things up on a few levels. And, you know, I'll be curious to see what exactly happens there. He's obviously got a ton of money owed left on his deal um, and centers are not exactly a hot commodity like they used to be in today's NBA so his value might not be where I think it maybe should be as a player with those two factors combined. Um, but certainly they're one of the teams I think you can look at to maybe have it. When you, To go back to your question earlier about could there be some fireworks over the next week, I think that they're one of the teams you look at that they are one of the possibilities to cause some uh, some intrigue over the next week if they end up deciding to do something. Because, you know, Rudy Gobert is a terrific player. If you If he ends up getting traded somewhere, that could shake up a few things.
1: Tim, awesome stuff. We
5: appreciate it as always, man. Always be uh, good to be on with you guys. Thanks for having me.
1: Tim Bontemps, CSPN NBA reporter with some great insight on not just the nets, but situation all over the league and what free agency is gonna look like here. AutoZone has the free services you need to help you get back on the road. Like their free AutoZone. Fix Finder service. The AutoZone Fix Finder service not only identifies the check engine light code, but also helps identify the most likely cause of the check engine light being on. The information provided by the free AutoZone Fix Finder service is verified from data over five and a half million ASE certified technicians have provided. With over 5,600 locations nationwide, AutoZone is here to help you save time and money with their free services getting the job done just got easier restrictions apply get in the zone auto zone it's kanti and carlin in for greenie on espn radio and espn plus 888 say espn 888 729-3776 is Kyrie irving settled now for the coming year in brooklyn do you believe it is over or do you believe that this is not over yet 888-SAY-ESPN will hit your calls in just a moment. But, Canty, you brought up the Lakers with Tim there. I want to play you a cut from Dave McManaman, ESPN NBA reporter on Freddie and Fitz last night, about LeBron and the effect that he had on the Lakers this past year. And he turned up the volume as the year went on. He puts this tweet out that I hear all the haters, and he puts the tweet out that, (laughs) hey, you know, we're going to, make up for this Laker nation, believe me. And then he goes at all-star weekend and says he wants to play in Cleveland and then throws some shade at Rob Polinka and says Sam is the the greatest gen in the game. Like he made things a more difficult working environment. I think from his vantage point, he thought he was going to turn around and have the last laugh, but it never happened. And so I think you get a more measured approach, really committing to the defensive end of things earlier on than he did last season uh and giving Darwin um
0: his best
1: if we are operating now under the assumption that kyrie is dead because there's virtually only one way to get him and that is if the nets are willing to take westbrook off your hands and you'd have to give up a few first round picks with that if you even had him to give can't he i lebron's not going to resign at la i don't buy that for a second what is your read right here as a lakers fan on how this is going to play out, because they don't really have, to me, great options if it's just LeBron and AD and then a bunch of minimum guys.
0: Well, they don't have great options this summer, but they'll have more options next summer because the Los Angeles Lakers don't have anybody under contract after this season other than Anthony Davis and THT on a player option, so... There's a lot of financial flexibility that they'll have to reshape this roster, even though they won't have a lot of draft capital. So I think they can get better next summer, but like Tim laid out, it's not going to happen in the short term. Now what ends up happening at the trade deadline with Russell Westbrook's expiring contract, maybe there's a way where you can bring back some assets, maybe a a solid role player that can be a part of your future um, and and somebody that, that, that has, you know, salary for, you know, uh, you know, several more years, but, Ultimately, this is going to be tough for the Lakers to compete in the short term because it just—it's it, not a—it's not a lot of pieces that complement one another. Russell Westbrook is not an off the ball player, and that's essentially what you have to have if you're going to have guys in you know surrounding LeBron James. You got to have guys that can shoot. You got to have guys that can play off the ball because LeBron is your de facto point guard, and that has never been Russell Westbrook. And at every stop, whether it's been Houston. Um, you know, where they tried to make that work. Uh, It just, he's not that guy. And so that's the tough part about what the outlook for the Lakers is going to be this upcoming season, because Russell Westbrook is a cog that doesn't necessarily fit. So, yeah, they don't have a lot of great options, but, you know, can they be a playoff team if everybody's healthy? I absolutely expect that, but I don't think it's going to be much more than that. I'm saying that there'll probably be a team that qualifies for the postseason, but it'll be an early exit.
1: It is amazing to me that even after winning a championship a few years back, be it at summer camp, as I have talked about. Oh, my um, gosh. Here you go. Well, that's true. Uh, At any rate, it is amazing to me that since then, I mean, if we're going to be truthful about it, LeBron has pretty much run the team into the ground with one move. Russell Westbrook, I mean, that was just so. Yeah,
0: West, Westbrook over DeRozan was the wrong decision. And LeBron, uh, and, and LeBron, that, and LeBron, LeBron has to own that. He ran them
1: into the ground and gave them no options for this coming year with Westbrook playing at nowhere near the level that he was but, playing but at. But see,
0: the here's game. the thing, Colin, that's and that's what makes me think that he is going to resign. You know what I mean? Like It's just like they the organization allowed him and Anthony Davis to come together and make that decision about who the third member of the big three they were trying to put together would be when everybody, including Magic Johnson, thought they were leaning toward DeMar DeRozan. They chose Russell Westbrook. And so now they have to – they've made that bed. Now they got to lay in it. they got to sit in that decision for the the upcoming season because that's the decision that they made. But I think having that relationship is is something that LeBron is going to value. Also, being in Los Angeles with all of his other business ventures – um, including the Spring Hill Company. like th- Those those things are going to matter for LeBron James um, in the next phase of oh. life for him. So I, I just think that it's a situation that sets up for the Lakers. They just have to do a good job of managing the relationship and communicating with LeBron James about what the future of this team would be. And that means beyond 2022, 2023.
1: But let me ask you this question, Canty: A year from now, LeBron and AD are both there. LeBron's... At, what, 39 at that point? Yeah, he'll
0: be going into his age 39 season in the 2023 season.
1: Yeah. With that being the case, do you believe that the Lakers are going to be an attractive destination for free agents when it is a big free agent year next year?
0: Well, I think it depends on what version of Anthony Davis you get. Yeah, this is the point. Yeah, because LeBron James is is still going to be – a, a solid facilitator I mean LeBron James averages 27 7 and 7 last year I mean you're talking about the guy averaging 30 points seven <laughs> rebounds and six assists like that like this guy is a monster so I, I just I, I don't see a fall off in terms of LeBron James offensive output that production now defensively he's not the same player but offensively he's still more than capable and, but you're not so, be
1: worried health wise too, not just about AD. I should be worried about LeBron too. Well,
0: you, you do age. you do have to worry about it, especially since after the bubble season, because you're not talking about him playing a full season. The most games he's played over the last four seasons has been sixty seven, so it's just you do worry about it. But at the same time, Carlin, this is supposed to be. Anthony Davis' time to ascend as the number one option for the Lakers, and it's hard to depend on him in that way just because he hasn't been able to stay healthy. That's why I say this is a big summer for AD in terms of making sure that he's in shape, making sure that he's ready to go with a new head coach, knowing that they don't have a lot of you know, ways to improve the roster. The biggest yeah. improvement that the Lakers can make is getting Anthony Davis back and having him play in 65-plus games this upcoming season.
1: 888 8 say ESPN. Sonny is in New York up next on ESPN radio. Sonny, what's going on?
3: Everything's great. Thanks for taking my call, guys. You got it. I just wanted to say, I um, I don't think the, the run is over yet. They have the potential to possibly win it, you know, the season coming up. But I wanted to say that Kevin Durant, like no one is really saying it, but Ke- Kevin Durant has been soft for a while. He never put Westbrook in his place when he took too many shots and had KD standing on the wing. And even in this situation, he should have been had that talk with Kyrie to say, listen, are you all in? Are we going to win? Like, Are you going to stay committed or what? That's what I want to say. Have a good day, guys.
1: I think it's a great point, and I think we need to stop expecting Kevin Durant to step up and be a leader on a team because this is not what he is. He's not going to step in in these situations and try to – Uh, get guys on the same page to go after it because he never has, and to expect somebody to change at 33 years old, especially when he went somewhere else to be that alpha dog leader and has set up his own championship team. Chris, he has never done the things outside of playing the game that
0: are required to be that guy. Yeah, Kevin Durant is not LeBron James. And at this point, I'm ready to say Kevin Durant is not Steph Curry. And what I mean by that is from a leadership intangibles perspective, there are things that Chef Curry brings to the table that KD just doesn't. And you would think that KD having that experience and winning a couple championships in Golden State, he would understand what championship DNA is all about because he's seen it up close and personal. He's experienced it. And he would be able to bring that to Brooklyn. And, of course, a part of any championship contender has to be accountability in your locker room and throughout the organization and that has not been the case in the three year tenure of KD and Kai in Brooklyn. So that's the part of, to me that's a little bit surprising uh, and, and continues to be surprising with Kevin Durant in terms of him trying to defend the actions of Kyrie Irving and him not being available for the team. The thing that blew my mind is over this past weekend, where KD says that the organization, the front office, didn't really get a chance to know Kyrie Irving and he was oh, disappointed stop. in that. I don't yeah. understand how you can express any level of disappointment in the Brooklyn Nets and how they've treated Kyrie. That makes no sense to me, Carlin. What an and so when we start When we start trying to project what the Brooklyn Nets are going to be this upcoming season, forget about what Vegas says their odds of winning a championship are. When you don't have the best player on the team trying to hold other guys accountable for the things that they do that undermine the potential of the team – that becomes a problem, and it seems like with this latest soundbite from KD trying to back Kyrie, that he's no closer to doing that after the disaster that was last season. So I, I can't, I can't have lofty expectations for the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, although they have the talent to be, you know, a team that goes on a deep playoff run, I just don't see them being able to put it together from a chemistry standpoint because of, you know, Kyrie Irving and him being, you know, this, this presence in the organization that doesn't necessarily respect the authority of the people in the building. And that's a problem. I don't Can't know how hit. they get past it.
1: Canty and Carlin in for grinny presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit progressive.com up next free agency in the nba begins on thursday so who is the biggest name that is going to be on the move we will tell you plus your calls at 888 say espn 888-729-3776 do you blame kyrie for this whole mess or do you trust kyrie here moving forward more importantly for the nets to make a championship run canty and carlin in for Greeny on espn radio
4: sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at shopify.com slash network all lowercase go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash network now let's talk about the play of the week the pressure to follow up hypnotic and cognac weighing heavy on the team hypnotic was in the cup blue and ready for the play
1: The biggest name on the move in NBA free agency may not be the biggest name you've ever heard for sure. It's Canty and Carlin in for Grainy on ESPN Radio and on ESPN Plus. I'm not even convinced yet that it's done. At least I'm less convinced that than I think than you are that it will happen. But I have to tell you, Jalen Brunson to the Knicks is a very good move if it happens, but. I'm not 100% convinced yet that it's going to happen, even as we get closer here. What is your read right now on that situation?
0: Well, I think the Knicks are convinced it's going to happen. Otherwise, they wouldn't have punted on the draft last Thursday night, right? They wouldn't have traded completely out of the first round for future assets. I think they're convinced that Jalen Brunson is going to be a part of what Tom Thibodeau is trying to put together. And the fact that they went out and hired Rick Brunson, his dad, to be on Tibbs' staff once again. The fact that Leon Rose has known Jalen Brunson since he was a kid. I think all of those things bode well for the Knicks because all they really have to offer Jalen Brunson is the opportunity to have this reunion of sorts, the nostalgia of it all because they don't have a player comparable to Luka Doncic that they can offer Jalen Brunson the opportunity to play alongside. So it has to be about something that's a little more than just the players on the court, but I think the Knicks have positioned themselves as well as they possibly could have in order to make a run at Jalen Brunson, and I think they're going to pull it off. Uh, Look, if they get
1: Jalen Brunson, they are a better team, but I am not convinced that they are a playoff team. And when I say playoff team, I'm talking about, they're not in the play-in tournament. They're they're in the playoffs. They are a top-six team in the Eastern Conference. I, I look at them. I expect R.J. Barrett to continue to get better, especially with a point guard. Yes. I, and that's the most important factor in all of this. But I don't think that it automatically means that they're good enough to go and do that. I, I, do you think they're automatically a playoff team if Jalen Brunson signs with the team.
0: Yeah, I mean RJ Barrett has had incremental improvements since he's come into the league. And last year he was a twenty point a game scorer. Julius Randle, we did see some regression this past year in comparison to his all NBA season two years ago. But a big part of that, Carlin, is the turnovers. I mean, Julius Randle gave you three 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 and a half turnovers a game. That's not what you're looking for from one of your front court players. I think Jalen Brunson helps you to cut down on that by being able to get the ball to those guys in their spots, especially in your half-court offense. So, to me, I, I think the expectations of what what Tibbs is going to ask Jalen Brunson to do are going to be clear. It's going to be something that is manageable for the player, and I think it ultimately sets the stage to get the best version out of R.J. Barrett and Julius Randle, get the best versions of those guys. So, I, I love the move for the Knicks if they're going to be able to make it happen, and I actually think they are going to pull this off. I think Jalen Brunson is going to be on the move. He's going to come to New York. He's going to forego the opportunity to play with Luka Doncic for the foreseeable future, and he's going to turn down more money uh, uh, with the with leaving the Mavs because they're the team that can offer him the most.
1: I think the reaction collectively of Knicks fans would be, "Woo! okay, we're better. That's awesome. Because... Do I look at any of the top
0: six teams? Do I look well, at? The well, Heat? you say here's the thing, though. You say that, Colin, but think about the the player that you're getting. Jalen Brunson is 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 going to be one of the best point guards the Knicks have had in 20 years. Uh, I agree with that. There's no but, like there's no arguing that. So I mean, for a team that's been starved at having a point guard and understanding how today's game is played, knowing that it's point guard driven. This is a huge move for the Knicks, even but though it might not be is, the biggest though. of names. Yes.
1: It, R.J. Barrett has to be has to develop into a superstar next year. But,
0: but he's not going to do that unless he gets a point guard. Alongside of but, him. Carlin, he's not going to do that unless he gets a point guard. You have to get a point guard. Yes.
1: No, I'm not saying not to go get Brunson. If yeah. they get him, that has to happen. Yes. Like, it's incremental's nice. And I get it how young he is. Been in the league now, what, three years? Yeah. Like, he's, and let's he's, see And he's
0: he just had his age 21 season.
1: Because <laughs> I look at the Heat, Celtics, Bucks, Sixers, Raptors, Bulls, and I don't think for a minute that the Knicks are going to be better than any one of them with Brunson. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast. Ten seconds
4: on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing?